Gentlemen, we're going deep this week. We're talking about the darkness within. Pay attention as Sean, our Brotherhood member, joins us here today, along with John, along with me, to talk about the darkness within. And then we're going to give you three ways that you can actually utilize the darkness to enhance your life. Gentlemen, welcome to the Purpose Infused Brotherhood, the podcast where men come to build, battle, and bond together and be the best versions of themselves. If you're a man who's ever felt out of alignment with his purpose, then you're in the right place to reignite the fire and infuse male purpose into your life every single day. And now your hosts, John Doe and Clay Smeltzer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Purpose Infused Brotherhood podcast. I am super excited about this episode. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about the inner darkness, and uh, it's it's going to be awesome. We had an amazing time uh, talking about this in a brotherhood sessions, but over the next 30 to 45 minutes, we're going to get into the topic of the inner darkness. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? Is it both? Have you run away from it? Have you stepped into it? And again, I'm just super pumped about this conversation, what we're going to have, and our special guest here tonight. Uh, and we are also going to give you three tips that will help you to utilize your inner darkness to enhance your life instead of take down your take down your life or, or wow. deplete your life. So, John, what's up, my brother? How are you today? I'm doing awesome, dude. Doing awesome. And yeah, this is going to be a good one for sure. You know, we had some great conversations uh, this week on this topic, you know, with the darkness. It was it was good. A lot of, uh, a lot of great information. A lot of guys, uh, sharing, you know, their, their take on the subject and, and, you know, we're super happy to have, uh, one of our brothers, Sean Asmundson in here tonight, to to share with us. So, uh, you know, have Sean introduce himself and, and tell us a little bit about him to let our listeners know who he is and, and what he's got going on. And then also, what are some of the biggest benefits you felt from being in the brotherhood, Sean? Yeah, so uh, I currently, hello, what's up, gentlemen? Good to see you, as always. Um, so I'm currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm uh, 41. I got two kids, married, been married nine years. Uh, I got a six-year-old, a three-year-old, a uh, girl and boy, um, you know, just a guy going through life. Uh, my, I would say my number one job right now is I'm a stay-at-home dad. Um, but uh, my wife runs a, we own and run a uh, medical device sales distributorship. So I uh, help her kind of with those ins and outs of that, do the QuickBooks, financials, things like that. And then I got a couple little side hustles with my brother and little things like that. But uh, yeah, my number one job is, you know, stay-at-home dad. That's awesome. Um I was a restaurant guy for 20 years. I have everything from, uh, you know, I started off as a busboy internship in the kitchen to front of the house, waiting tables, bartending manager, head chef of a restaurant for five years, general manager of a couple little spots. Uh, so I'm a food and beverage guy at heart back in the day. Uh, transitioned into food, into standard stay-at-home dad when it came to me and my wife having kids. And, uh, that's been about four or five years. And then um, with the brotherhood, um, I've been um, with that transition to being a stay-at-home dad. I kind of, you know, to be honest, when it, to be 
truly honest, I kind of lost my identity identity a little bit of who I was. And I was kind of really losing track of what my purpose was and what I was really doing in life. Um, and so I kind of, in about two years, my transition of personal development, uh, I found Clay in, in, in that transition and, and found the brotherhood and he really intrigued me and dove into that, met up with him. And he introduced me to the little Phoenix cycle and the brotherhood and I dove in. And the biggest benefit for me so far, not only the Phoenix cycle, I thought that was a really powerful, uh, I mean, what do you call it? A, a project or a, a, a powerful thing Discovery. to go through. Just a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, a process. yeah, it was a process. It was a powerful process to go through. Um, it meant a lot to me. I, I really took it to heart, went all in on it. And uh, it meant a lot. I, I, took, I got a lot out of it. And then the brotherhood as a whole, um, it just meant for me, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it during the podcast a little bit, especially with the darkness. But uh, with my life, I, I kind of was a loner most of my life. I really took to being private, really didn't like my business being out there, really took being private. And the brotherhood kind of introduced me to just different perspectives on life, you know, and really understand the difference between like who you are and hiding yourself. And um, hey, man, like, you're somebody, let me hear your perspective on what you think about this. And it's like, wow, that's okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? And, and the, the brotherhood as a whole just makes me feel like, man, I can just be honest about what I feel about things. There's no judgment there. It's literally like, cool, I'm curious. I'm curious what you feel so I can see what I can get out of it. Yep. And, you know, I do the same thing from others. I'm curious what this guy thinks of that. I'm curious. And, you know, the brothers every different ages. And, and you know, I'm a West Coast kid who traveled all over the country moving. I've moved freaking a hundred thousand times lived in Arizona, Colorado, Georgia, California, most of my, you know what I mean? Nevada, I lived, I lived all over the place. And you guys are mostly from like Pennsylvania. And, the more, and so it's like a different perspective originally too, which was kind of really interesting for me. Um, and at first it was hard for me to open up, but then I was like, yeah, man, these are a bunch of guys, man. Like these are just guys. And uh, it's been, to me, the brotherhood has meant a lot. It's really in the last, I feel like it's, I think it's only been like four or five months, but I feel yeah. it's been like a year and a half. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I already, you know, I feel like I've been involved in the group and I know a lot about a lot of the guys and it's meant a lot to me. So the brothers meant a lot to me. It's meant a lot in the time. Yeah. So that's about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I'm super proud of what you did during the Phoenix cycle and the brotherhood being as uh, in, more introverted and being able to share those things. Um, and just that release of going through the Phoenix cycle, man, you just dove in. And you took everything that is in those that eight week process and really just hammered it out. And man, you know, you got out what you put in and it was something awesome. So just the transition that you've made over those four months is, dude, it's it's awesome. You know what I mean? Just when I first met you to where you are now, the way you share, the way you articulate. And that's why I'm super excited to have you on here tonight, talk about the inner darkness and uh, when you share in a group, I'm just like, I sit back and I'm like, yeah, dude, this is, this is, we're going to get some good stuff every time you share. So John, let's know, you know, what's going Absolutely. on there. Absolutely. And, you know, um, and I agree a hundred percent with Clay, Sean, you've been a great addition into the brotherhood and we've always enjoyed uh, your perspective and, and your insights into things and, and your growth, dude. Uh, you know, you are, you're a great dude who's, who's doing good stuff with their kid, his kids and, and, and 
awesome to see you stepping into that role and, and loving it, you know, and, and enjoying that time. It's awesome, dude. They, they don't stay little forever. That's 100% for sure. You know, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's, it goes like, boom. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, thing when you, uh, when you're a big tough guy who works really hard and worked hard to make money and, and then you become a stay at home dad, you kind of, at first it starts off like, I'm so happy and proud. I can do it. But then you start losing, like, am I proud? Then you forget how proud you really are yeah. when you talk to other men and actually open up and be vulnerable and be like, Hey man, I'm just struggling. Cause I'm still home down. They're like, what? I mean, that's fucking cool. What you do cook, you do this for your kids. You take care of your kids. It's, it's like, man, you, you lose that perspective. And that's what part of the brotherhood has been about. You know, you realize like, man, other guys think that's cool. If you like, you, you know, you're still a good guy. You're, you know, you, you lose that perspective. So it's always great to hear that. And I appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. It, it really is awesome. Cause I, I think there's one thing you talked about before, or there's that like stigma out here, stay at home dad, you know, like, dude, I think it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And, and you don't just do that. You do other things as well, but you know what I mean? Like that is so like, I, you think about one of the greatest things that we can do as men is, is, is give to our kids. You know what I mean? Serve our kids, serve our family, you know, the provide protect piece. And man, you get to do that every single day. Uh, you know, I get to do it when I get come back home, you know what I mean? And, and same thing with John and stuff. And, and that is just so cool um, because there is somewhat of that stigma. And I'm like, well, screw those people with that stigma because like, dude, that's the greatest thing that you can possibly do. And man, I'm just, I'm super awesome that you say it and you're proud of it. And, uh, and, and it's out there that, Hey man, this is, this is what I do. And this is what I love. And that's awesome, man. So super proud of you. And just put that out there. Part that was part of the Phoenix cycle. Like part of me saying to myself regularly in the mornings, I am proud that I have put myself in a position where I am available for my family, yes. for my wife and kids. I mean, I was part of that cycle. I, and dude, I, 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 I truly feel it. Embrace it now. I literally, you know, like I was saying to you, like, that's what I, my now. And you're like, oh, what do you do? I used to be like, well, I do this, this, but I'm a stay-at-home dad. Now I'm a stay-at-home dad, but I also do this. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, it's and completely for, transitioned. For me, knowing and working with you to start with, with the Phoenix cycle and what you said then versus you saying, hey, I'm a stay-at-home dad here today on this podcast for everybody to listen to. Dude, that right. is like, uh, uh, you did. See, I had a big smile on my face because I'm like, yes, right. like, because it's that transition, you know, and I know what you, how you went through that transition and, and, and that transition that occurred, you know, John might not know because we were, we wasn't there working with you, but, and, and that's the thing is cool is to be able to see that. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the cool thing too, about the brotherhood too, is like, there's all these different things that we pick up and sometimes, you know, we talk about them and, and that's, what's nice about having volley is that all these different things that are from the conversation, we've kept this conversation going since like, Tuesday about the darkness and stuff like that. And, and we get to know each other. And, and that's one of the things I love about it is like, yeah, there are brothers, but you guys are family to me. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the cool thing about it is that we're not just brothers, we're family, you know, and we're not just part of this group, we're family. And uh, I think that's one of the, the coolest things. So John, jump us into the topic this week, man. Yeah, dude, into we're going to dig into this inner darkness and, and then we're also going to give three tips that will help you utilize your inner darkness to enhance your life. So, you know, that inner darkness, you know, I break out and, and give us, give us some take on it. 
Clay. Give us give us some context into inner darkness. Yeah, and and I love this. I I read um, and been studying uh, Tim Grover right now. And if anybody doesn't know who Tim Grover is, he coached Michael Jordan. He coached Kobe Bryant, um, and he talks about that. Also, been you know listening to Jordan Peterson as well, who talks about the darkness as well, having that darkness. Um, I'm an athlete, so um, I was I'm I understand the darkness. And as a football player, I use that darkness uh, and that anger and that fear to, to like lay people out. I'm just, that was me. You know what I mean? I just, I put my football helmet on. I was a different person and it went over to that dark side, you know? Um, but for me, the darkness was something that once athletics was done, I let it overtake my life. So to me, there's that kind of energy of light and dark. Well, that darkness I, what I did is I allowed it to become my shadow. And then I allowed my shadow to fill up with things I was afraid of, you know, fearful of. Now I would say, Hey, that's my darkness. I don't want to go there. Take anger, you know, for anger, it takes a lot for me to be angry. Um, but when my button gets pushed, it's like from zero to 4,000, you know, I skip a hundred and I go to 4,000, you know, and it's like, boom, you know, and for me, that was scary. So what I did is I put it in my shadow in that. And I said, Hey, but that was my darkness. And I didn't want to do it because it, I was feet. I, I was scared of it. Like how far would I go? How like, and I, you, so you roll, you, you play this role of, Hey, how far that will that anger go? Will I punch somebody in the face while I beat somebody up? Will I do something to go to jail? Will I like any of these different things that come into play there? And that scared me. So I tried to push it away even more. You can put in there also shame was in my shadow. Uh, anxiety was in my shadow. I didn't tell, I didn't tell, I talked to anybody about the actual level of anxiety I had for 15 years because that was part of my darkness. I didn't want, I didn't want to, I didn't want it there. I didn't want any part of it. So I tried to push it away. And the more I pushed it away, the more it kept kicking back at me. And so you could put um, fear was in there too, scared. Uh, all these different things were in my shadow. So I kind of kept it there and I put it, I always, I'm pointing to my shoulder over here. Cause that's where, to me, that's where that darkness was. And all of a sudden it kept growing in 15 years and not telling anybody that I deal with anxieties, like a little bit, like, Oh yeah, I'm anxious, but not actually telling people, especially even not telling my wife, you know, just going through that and trying to be the tough guy to deal with it all <clears throat> because I'm tough enough to fix myself you know, is that darkness rose and rose and rose to so that darkness actually took over my thoughts. And then I was Mr. I was Mr. Positivity on the outside, but Mr. Beat the shit out of myself on the inside. So that darkness consumed my internal, my mind. So that's why six years ago, I'm on this couch over here having a panic attack over a TV show. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my life? Like, this is bullshit. And that's not what I wanted my life to be. But why? Because I chose to allow the fear of what was things I didn't like about myself to continue to make my shadow darker. So it's basically I was carrying all this weight, put like 60 bowling balls in a backpack. And that's what I was carrying, carrying around <clears throat> because I didn't want to go deal with it. I was afraid of it. So, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest points that came out for me. Well, talking Tuesday and Wednesday with our, our Tuesday Brotherhood and our Wednesday Brotherhood groups, that's the biggest thing that came out to me was that it wasn't my darkness that I, 
that <clears throat> that was the problem. It wasn't anger. It wasn't shame. It wasn't anxiety. It wasn't those things that I thought it was. It was actually the fear I had of it. That was the issue. It was the fear I had of what was in, about those things because I didn't like those things and I didn't want to accept that they were actually a part of me. And until I accepted that they were a part of me and I walked into the darkness, I walked into anger, I walked into anxiety, I walked into fear, I walked into shame. Until I walked into there, I was never going to truly know who Clay Smelter was because I was trying to push part of who Clay Smelter was away. And I, when I stepped into it after that panic attack, after I did that deep work, then I knew like, oh, Clay Smelter has dark and light. Too far light probably wasn't a good thing for Clay. Too far dark definitely wasn't a good thing for Clay because that's what I was living in my own personal hell. But in between there, I can utilize. And what I realized is that <clears throat> like that anger, man, I use, I, I, what I realize is in my life, I've used that anger's energy to kick ass and do a lot of good things in my life. And I'm like, dude, why was I so like hateful of this? Like, why was I so afraid of this energy that allowed me to go? That's why on the field, I was so successful as I was because I used that shit. Like I walked on the football field or baseball field and like no motherfucker on this field is going to take me out. I'm taking you out. Like I don't give a shit who you are. Jerome Bettis. Woo. Cool. Great. I'm going to fucking hit you <laughs> and you're going to know it. You know what I mean? So like those pieces there allowed me and that energy allowed me to, to be successful in my life. Once I did that and got into that, then I realized, oh man, I, I really have to look at this darkness a lot different than I did. So that's kind of my take on it. So Sean, I wanted you to dive in, dive into kind of where you were at with the darkness and, and, and so forth and kind of how that looks in your story. Um, I mean, it's funny as I reflect on it now and listening to you, um, it's similar, but very different, right? Extremely similar, but very different. Um, the story itself is very different, but the perspective kind of comes out the same. So for me, um, I had childhood cancer, right? I um, had osteogenic sarcoma. I don't want to get too deep in it, but when I was, when I was 14, uh, I, it was a big tumor on my left femur. I have an art, I, they took it out. I have an artificial femur and I'm missing about seven to eight inches of muscle in my left quad, right? Um, before that, as a young kid, preteen, you know, little kid and preteen, I was a superstar baseball stud, uh, the type of kid that literally strangers would come up to me in a restaurant, you know, and be like, hey, you were good at your game today. And I'd be like, thanks, random guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, cool. Thanks for telling me. You know what I mean? It was weird. But it, at that time, I had a little bit of an ego, you know I mean? Obviously, because I was this 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid where living in Chandler, Arizona, uh, where the whole town knew that, hey, there's this young kid who's fucking super stud, excuse mm -hmm. my language, right? So um, then I got cancer, right? And it took my whole world, right? I went, my whole life changed from being superstar, neighborhood recognizes you, everybody loves you, they think your big things are going to happen to you, to being like, nope, not gonna happen. Doctor says you can't run. Doctor says, you know, you're lucky that you're living. 
Oh, also, you know, I don't want to get dark here, but like what people don't talk about enough in childhood cancer is other kids pass away. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. not only did I live, other kids who were going through chemo way longer than me, fighting the battle longer than me, passed during my time of going through treatment. And you go through this weird, horrible, can- you know, survivor guilt thing of like, how come they've been fighting longer and passed, and I'm I, I live, you know, everything's great for me. Yeah. So you start kind of getting this guilty thing. We can go in that and deeper in the brotherhood talks and maybe another episode or whatever. But long story short, it transitioned to your identity, right? And I dove into after when I was when I got healthy. I feel like there's two ways you go as a can as a childhood cancer survivor. Either you feel so grateful and you just think life is amazing and you become like an amazing human being. Mm. You become a nurse. You give all your world to charity. You know what I mean? Or you do what I did, which you dive into the darkness. You know, I felt like, how come the world did this to me? I went to a point of like, the world is fully against me. This, you know what I mean? Like it sucked. Because like I went from being like, everybody loves you, great, you're doing good. And I was making good choices, right? Like I was being a good kid because I wanted to get a scholarship. Like, hey, Sean, you want to smoke weed? No, because I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to go to college, get a scholarship, and then I'm going to go pro. And I don't want, hey, you smoked weed at 13 to hurt me, right? So I was making the right decisions, not going out late night, not sneaking out with my friend. You know, being the right, doing the right things. Then to get cancer and have it taken from me and like, I didn't do anything wrong, right? It was just, boom, now you're fucked. Yep. So I was like, damn. So, so I took it hard, I guess. Like, I didn't realize all this stuff until later in life, right? But I took it hard and was like, oh, okay. The world is against me. Well, you think I'm, you know, and because it was a constant, it was also the, of like, went from everybody loving me to now no one wants to talk to me. No one wants to look at me. I'm a freak, Right. I don't, can I touch him? Can I give him a hug? Can it, you know, it's awkward to, to have a conversation with a kid who used to be athletic, who's now skinny, pale in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right. It's a very different conversation. So long story short, I just took a very dark perspective on that. Like, man, people used to love me. Now people won't even talk to me yeah. and I'm an outcast. And for some reason, that's the part that dove into me and I dove that into my identity. So I dove deep into the darkness of like, okay, if the world sees me an outcast, I'm going to be an outcast. Yeah. So when I finished my cancer treatment, I went to be an outlaw. I hung out with really bad kids. We did a lot of really bad things, you know, things that I am definitely not proud of, you know? Um, But kind of what you were saying, I dove into that darkness and I don't really regret it anymore because it's made me who I am. Yeah. You know, I know like, man, I understand why I did it now. You know what I mean? Kind of what you were talking about where like, I, I choose who I am, who I asked myself a thousand times. Why? Sean, why? why would you go steal from people? Why would you steal from people? Why would you beat up kids who didn't deserve it? Right. Why, why, why? Oh, because you really deeply were craving acceptance yeah and the first people to accept you were your neighbors and your neighbors just happened to be some rough kid you know we were not rich we live in a pretty poor neighborhood my neighbors happened to be gang members 
And yes, they were like, hey, white boy from next door, you want to come hang out with us? You want to be dirty? And before, when I didn't smoke weed and I didn't do all that, I, you know, still got cancer in my world. My dream got crushed. Well, fuck it. I'll smoke some weed and I'll steal with these guys and I'll do all this bad shit now because why not? I did the other way. It didn't work out, right? My dream didn't work out that way. I don't even have a dream now. So yeah. I'll just do what these guys are doing because it looks like it's fun. And, and as you were saying before, it served me at that time, right? right? Because I did, I did, I did, I did a good life. I, I did some dirty shit. I do have regrets, but I've also in just some really fun shit and experienced some shit that I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I did crazy. You know, I've had experiences that I, I can write a book and people be like, damn, you did that. I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Right. That's weird. That's <laughs> so, you know, it, it has their catch 22 of, of how it could be. Right. Um, so my answer to that question, really, I dove into the darkness deep, I feel like in my life. And then at some point I found, you know, a reason to be like, hang on a second. Let me, let me, let me mm -hmm. realize this is not how I really want to be. I really don't want to live this something, you know, like it was probably my, my DUI. I got a DUI when I was like 19. I wasn't even 21 yet. I think at that moment I was like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing in life? This is okay. Obviously I'm done with this. I don't want to, this is, I don't enjoy this anymore. Right. I'm not having fun. Right. And, so I think that's what I pointed out. I was like, okay, let yeah. me find some light. Yeah. And that was, and I just started looking at myself, like, what am I going to do? And lucky enough for me, I had very parents who taught very hard work ethic for me. So I always had very, no matter I was, even when I was a punk ass mother effer, <laughs> uh, I had a good work ethic. I always had a job and I always worked really hard and I made money working like, no, you know, even when I was stealing, being a bad person, I still had a job where I was working and making money. And I always worked hard. So at some point when I changed my life around a little bit, I became a supervisor, a trainer, a supervisor, and a boss and a manager, you know, and then I started transitioning. And then my ultimate light was I met a girl, right? I met a woman who I was like, wow, talk about somebody who wants me to make me to be a better person. Holy crap. Like if I want to be with that level of woman, I better become a better human being. Like, holy yeah. shit. Ooh, that's good. That was my wife. And that was the light that started pulling me, right? So all that darkness, I have, like we talked about before, our man Toby from the Brotherhood talked about with, you know, you let the darkness push you and you let the light pull you. I found this woman who I was like, man, I need to be a better human being just to be someone she wants to associate with, let alone be with. Yeah. And I need to use all the experiences I've had of some shit that I've done, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm going to learn from it and be this better human being. Yeah. And now I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, not to brag on myself too, too, too Alan Horn, but I'm a very good human being. And, yeah. and I, I, I do a lot of good things for a lot of people. And I strive to make, be a better community member. And I strive to make my kids great community members. And we right. talk about contribution and, you know, focus on growth and contributions, everything to me now. So, yeah. And, um, and I think the darkness has helped me. It hurt me and helped me in, in the long run. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where I, I was going to say is that our darkness, again, like you said, and, and I love what Toby said too, that darkness can push you along, which means you're taking the things out of that darkness that are valuable to you and useful for you in a positive way and allowing it to push you forward where that light that pulls you full pulls you forward and i was going to say because when you said you you actually answered the question i was going to ask you i was going to say hey was there when you get to that point was there a point in time where you're like dude this is just shit like i can't do this anymore 
Like, cause that was me on his couch, that, that TV show on a fucking TV show. I'm like, okay, like this was the point where I was like, dude, this shit can't keep going on, you know? And you answered that question with like the DUI, but then you also added on there too, is that when you get something, cause men change for two reasons. One, cause the shit gets so bad. You're like, I need to do something different. Or there's that carrot that's out in front of you so bad. Usually it's either money or a woman. And for you, you had both of those experiences. You had the experience of saying, okay, the shit hit the fan. And I was like, something needs to happen, you know, but you also had where that opportunity for you to say, Hey, you know, like, I love what you said. There's like, if I wanted to be with that caliber woman, I needed to up my game to be with that. Cause I, I think anything in life, the way you value yourself is the, is the higher is as high as you can go. You know, so if you value yourself as very low on a scale of one to 10, a two or a three, you're going to get two or three out of life. If you value yourself more, then you're going to get that. Now that, that doesn't go over to the arrogant ass crack one. I've been there too. Like I've done that, you know, John and I've talked about it before, you know, you just be an asshole, you know, like, Oh yeah, I'm Mr. Big shot of everything, you know, but when you have confidence about yourself, when, when you know who you are and that purpose is, is clear and definite, dude, man, that's like, that's being a badass. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I loved about your story. When you talked about on Tuesday, what I loved about it here is that you develop that confidence of who you are throughout those stuff, but you utilize the dark and the light to build the man that you actually really want to be. And, and that's the cool thing. And the cool thing is too, and, and I know John and I've talked about it before is that your journey's not done. Like none of ours are. That's the coolest thing, man. You can just like, it's going to be more. So John, let's get into like, where, what was your darkness, man? So yeah. And, and great stuff from both of you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, awesome. 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 So yeah, you talk, you touch base with Tim Grover, Tim Grover's phenomenal, you know, his book, uh, relentless and, and as also his other one winning both of them, great books. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he talks about, you know, tapping into that other side, you know, and then also actually I have to say, I haven't read the book yet, but I've heard great things. And I have seen a lot of interviews from David Goggins. Mm. David Goggins talks a lot about getting and using that, that dark side to help push you and to, you know, help, help take you to different levels. Yeah, you know, and that yeah. was something that I did, of course, during sports and stuff as well. And that seems like, I think that a lot of people that have that athletic drive use that darkness for that. And, and, and it's a good thing, you know, it was always something that took me to a different level. And now, you know, I'm definitely more of a, positivity and optimism kind of guy and probably more so that people don't even really realize I got that dark side and and I've had to remind a few people you know don't let it <laughs> it's still in there yeah. you know just because I don't have to go there doesn't mean that it ain't there correct you know? and, and then I also shared this week that you know I was able to I was able to give my son uh good credit for he had a, a situation where he had some friends that he had felt were uh, disrespectful to him and, and didn't treat him the you know with the way they should have in yeah. the past and and he was not wrong and and he had the opportunity or well where he was at the same place and and kind of wanted to want to have a fight wanted to take things into his hands and and try to rectify that situation and then realized that wasn't the right decision to be made and 
And I had to tell him, you know, good job. And, and I was proud of him for, for realizing that, for realizing that, you know, you don't have to use that dark side and let it, let it overcome you and fill you with so much anger and, and rage that you can't make good decisions, you know? And so that I was, I was super proud of him for that. And then explained to him that, you know, yes, now at 47, you know, and not 21 that in the future, you will look back and realize, man, that was good. And I, I did make a great decision there and I'm, I'm glad I did do that, you know? So, uh, yeah, I was, it, it's usually easier said than done, right? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At, at 21 definitely didn't have so much, uh, so much knowledge oh, no. by no means. <laughs> yeah, we were, but, they, they, what was that song young and dumb or something like that? Like, yeah. That's absolutely right yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah and so you know that was one of the big things and then you know like i said and our uh one of our other great brothers gemby you know he he talked about it a lot with uh you know he used it during during you know football he's like you know don't even don't even talk to me the day of a game you know he's like i had to go hit somebody first before i could even talk to anybody you know and and like i said that's one of them things that i did it using wrestling dude i stand on the other side and be like Dude, I could envision that dude doing all kinds of bad things. And I need to go get recompensed for that. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, it, uh, the, it, it can be a good energy. It can definitely help drive you, but it can also lead you down bad paths. And, and, and knowing it, respecting it, mm. and utilizing it, you know what I mean? And not letting it control I think is big keys for sure. And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to tap into your control there. Cause I think this is one of the things like, I love that knowing it, using it. And I forget what you said there. Utilizing it. And, and then, but not letting it control no, you. Not letting you it know? control you. For me, I, when I talk about being it fearful, so it wasn't the things that were in my shadow or in my darkness. So when I look at it, those things weren't what was scaring me. What was scaring me, what I was fearful of was the actual emotions that came with it. That's what I was afraid of. So when we talk about anxiety, I was afraid of the emotions that came with it because emotionally I was insecure. Emotionally, I was fearful. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it. Like I didn't have control of my emotions. My emotions had control of me. So when I would get angry, boom, there you go. Like I emotionally reacted. When I would get anxious, emotionally reactive. When I would feel a lot of shame in those, those cycles, emotionally reactive. I was emotionally reactive everywhere. And I, I kind of take it like, like Gemi said, like I left carnage all over the place. You know what I mean? And that was me. Like I always talk about my sword and my shield, like, you know, I'm the protector. But dude, I was waving those motherfuckers around like all, all kinds of crazy and hitting. I didn't care who I hit. It just, it was waving around because I'm like, hey, something's going to go on here. Might as well hit everybody on the way around, you know, but why? Because I wasn't emotion. I, I didn't have a handle on my emotions, which is what I was scared of. It wasn't the things in the darkness that I was scared of. It was the emotions that came with it because I wasn't emotionally ready for it. So when I talk about like, anger now because we all said on the field because i was thinking about this as we were talking on the field sean you said it john you said it and a lot of other guys like gemby said it too like on the field when i was younger in sports and athletics i used it that dark side 
The greats of the greats use it, that dark side. But what happens when you're Clay Smelter or you're John Doe Roofer from Ohio? What happens when you're Sean stay-at-home dad from Georgia? What happens when Clay Smelter teacher from Pennsylvania? You know what I mean? When do I use it then? You know what I mean? I'm not... I'm not in a competition. I'm not out to smash your face in and, and then, you know, rip your head off, and piss down your throat. You know, that's I just stealing that from my dad, <laughs> but I believed it. Like I wasn't, I'm not that at it. Like I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like if I, somebody makes me mad or whatever, I can't punch him in the face because I don't want to go to jail, you know? So how do we utilize that darkness now? That's where, that's the question I have for both of you. How do you utilize that darkness now as, uh, a man, uh, a husband, a father in your community, like where you're at now, how do we utilize that? So, Sean, how do you, how do you, how have you transitioned to utilize that now in your life where well, you're at? The first thing I kind of realized when I dove deep in is it's really is, and I, you know, I'm, I try my best not to be cliche, right? But the five people you hang out with the most, right? It's really about your associations. You know, because let's say that when I was done with cancer, I would have hung out with a bunch of other cancer survivors. I'm sure my life would have been a little bit different. I would have been, hey, we're all here so thankful and we're all talking about the people we, you know, miss and let's let's see how we can honor them. But instead, I hung out with my neighbor who happened to be a dirty down dude, right? And in his in his mode. And, so I associated more with them. So I dove deeper into the darkness. So that's the first thing I was thinking about right away because you change your people who you're around, right? And all of a sudden, what you think about is a little bit different and your darkness starts looking a little bit different, right? You start seeing a different perspective of like, hang on a second, people have it worse than me. Oh, hang on a second. There's people, you know, who have been where I was who are better than me who are doing better than me i i actually could do better it's just interesting you know you don't think about that kind of stuff in certain moments um but for me is now i i i still try to control it you know i mean i still have those moments i um you know i've been so ingrained at 41 i've been so ingrained with most of my preteen to teenage years to early 20s of still kind of having a dark vision of me against the world um, you know, in my mind, it's still like half of my life, right? It's mm-hmm. still kind of me against the world mentality. I'm still transitioning to, it's not that way. Um, but I use the darkness to kind of teach my kids like, Hey, you know, like I'm going to be a little bit tougher on you with love because the society that I know of is not going to be as nice to you as I am. Yeah. Right. Like if I don't teach you certain ways that are being a good person is better for you, how reacting in this way instead of responding this way is better for you. If I don't teach you these dynamics, society is going to teach you and it's going to be way worse for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You'd much rather have me teach you with a little bit of aggressiveness. Right. Which. I'm still something I'm working on, right? Not being so aggressive, especially towards a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I, I can admit that on the internet. So F me. I finally controlled it the other day. <laughs> right. But like, I'm going to do it with my, I'm going to do it with my heart, right? I'm yeah. approaching you with like, look, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. Like, I'm not doing this out of anger. I'm teaching you like, yep. if I don't teach you this lesson, 
someone else is going to teach you who does not love you. And that's not going to be a good thing. Um, and so that's how I kind of utilize the darkness now. And it, it helps me constantly remind myself to be a very good human being. You know what I mean? Like I put a lot of effort into being a human being. A little bit what John was saying there earlier, though, it can twist. If you if you mistake my kindness for weakness, I can that, that will be a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. um, very early on in my wife's me and my wife's relationship before we were even close to being engaged, she said something to me that I thought was disrespectful. And I flipped. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> I love you. Yes, I want to be with you. Uh, but please don't confuse how much effort I put into being this good of a guy. Yeah. I put a lot of effort into being a good human being. Like, because I hate to say this out loud, I guess, but to be vulnerable, like part of me wants to be a piece of crap. You know, it's easier. How about that? It's easier. To, it right. is. It's easier yeah. to be a piece of crap. It's easier to be selfish. It's easier to be egotistical. It's easier to be worried about nothing but yourself and just do what you want to do. And F, you know, Hey, they can deal with it. Right. Yep. It's, it's easy to do that because who cares? Right. Yep. It doesn't, um, it doesn't take, like, you know, it's, it, it takes effort to be a good yeah. person and it takes a lot of effort to be an extremely good person. Yeah. You know, and to overlook, um, you know, other people's quote unquote flaws, you know, and understanding that, hey, it's not about what, how they're doing it or what they're being like. It's really about the type of person I want to be, you know, the whole purpose infused brotherhood. You know, I'm like, I am trying to live my life with the most amount of purpose about who I want to be as a person, right? Who I want, the spirit I want to leave, the energy I want to leave. Yeah with the light around me, right? I think that's the difference between where I was before and back then. Before, I wanted to be dark. I didn't want anybody to talk to me, leave me alone. I don't want you to even, I want to be dark. Let me stay in my cave. Yep. Do not come around me. I want to feel the way I want to feel. I don't want you to even come close to affecting it. Where now, as I transitioned for, you know, years later, I, now I want to be the light. How can I help you? You know, how can I, show you better ways to do things how can i guide you and like and through understanding curiosity and understanding i think that's the yeah. best thing you know i mean like my gift the gift that i i'm not a very religious person but the gift i think god has given me is perspective yeah. uh, my cancer has given me that the way my life has transitioned i have moved a million times right i went to three different high schools i went to two different middle schools i went to four different elementary schools you know what I mean? My gift in life that God has given me, the universe has given me is perspective. Yeah. And right uh, I, I totally am willing to look listen to anybody's story and understand like, dude, even the things you have done wrong had a good purpose behind them. You know what I mean? Like, even if they had bad impact, negative impact, I firmly believe that your soul had good intention behind it. Yeah. Right. It might have been a selfish intention, but it was a good intention. Right. You were trying to protect yourself. You were trying to provide something. You stole because you were hungry. You know, you were stole because you really needed money. You beat that kid up because you wanted this kid to think you were cool. Plus, you also didn't want to get beat up by that guy. Yeah. So, you you know, you're protecting yourself and making yourself feel cool. Right. So you're providing yourself and protecting yourself. Yep. Um, right on. You know, that's all that dive and dig, you know, dig, dive and dig. Diving deep, digging deep, and diving deep in, and asking yourself why, 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 why. You know, right. that's what I did with myself a thousand yep. times. And absolutely, absolutely, John. What do you got, brother? So, 
I, you know, one thing like too, that during our discussion the other day was, uh, um, my kid talked about, you know, you have to have dark to realize that there's light and, you know, I mean, you have to, you don't know there's one thing unless there's another. And, you know, that is, uh, some big things and ways to use that darkness now is, you know, one to, like you said, be the better version of yourself. You know what I mean? I use that, you know, that darkness drive that not even darkness, but just that drive that comes from that side too. Yeah. You know, when you're on the roof, you got to dig deep. You got a freaking, you know, long, hard, hot day, <laughs> get it done, you know, and, and, and can still do that at a higher level than most, yeah. you know, and, and use that. And then also use it to, to kind of propel myself to be a better version of myself, mm -hmm. you know, to, and then, and then of course, you know, use it to work out still. You know I mean, when I don't do it as much as I should, but when you're working out, use that, use that, tap into that, that other part of yourself that is there, that, that right. is that burning it, part of it's a burning desire. You know what I mean? It, it kind of, it, it ties right into that. And I think that once you can do that, that is, you know, like I said, part of controlling it and, and using it yeah. and finding ways to, to do it. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be dark, you know, it doesn't have to make it a gray instead of a dark, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It, <laughs> and it, and it, it is, it's, it's that shift back and forth between when do I need what and what, how do I utilize it? You know, it's that scale. You know, it tips back and forth of what we need and how much do we need of it, you know, and, and I think, you know, one of the things, too, is, is when we look at the darkness, yes, there's a dark side to you, there's darkness, but understanding and controlling the darkness is very fucking effective, and that's, that's the thing, is where before, like I was telling you, emotionally, I couldn't emotionally handle it. Therefore, I couldn't utilize it in any way because it was just, you know what I mean? Like blowing up or whatever it is. Like I couldn't handle those things. But once I started de developing myself, once I started diving, like you said, Sean, why, why, why? You know, why do I do this? Why do I that? Why am I having a panic attack over a damn TV show? Why? Because I was scared. I was fearful. I was this. I wouldn't talk. I didn't. I was ashamed of how I felt because I couldn't fix it myself you know, all of those different things. When I dove into that and I started sharing it uh, first with my wife, all of those different things that I was fearful of kind of went away. Because one of the things was like, I was fearful that my wife was going to think I was less than. Well, the problem is, is when I told her, she's like, and I said that to her, I was like, well, she's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do for you right now, but I'm here to support you and I love you. And I'm like, you don't think I'm less than? And that's what I said it just like that. Like my eyes, I'm like, you don't think I'm less than? And she's like, no, why would I? I'm like, cause I would. And she's like, well, that's you, not me. And I'm like, damn it. I'm like, Fuck. I'm like, that's true. Cause what we do is we mirror what onto our, we mirror on other people, what we actually feel about ourselves. So we're sitting here thinking, well, they're going to, they're going to think this about me. They're going to think this about me. Well, that's what you think about yourself. And that's what I thought about all that darkness. So I couldn't emotionally handle it, but now that I've stepped into it and I've realized like, hey, these can, things can help push me along and that's awesome. And I can utilize them not just on the field. I can utilize them in my life. My dark allows me to be very disciplined. 
if I didn't have that darkness, I'd be like, ah, fuck it. I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? But I do it and I stay disciplined on it. And it allows me to push past into that uncomfortable zone because you need that darkness to go to where you don't want to go. You know what I mean? Like I need that not to go to the anxiety zone or further than that, the stupid zone of like what I used to do, you know, but into that anxiety zone, we, we go too far. So it has to be that slide scale, you know, on those different things. Sean, when you talked about, it really hit me because I think a lot of people feel, especially men feel this. Like when I, I talk about like, like how far would that go? Like there's some shit that comes in my head. It's fucking dark as hell. Like, you know, when I'm like, I feel angry and, and, and how, how do I say this? When somebody does something so much to a point that I think it's just appalling, I would be like, all right, cool. If they're gone, they're gone. I don't, I don't have any hard feelings about it. Like, so that's the darkness side of me. A lot of times in my past that has scared me because I'm like, well, what I make it short, like, you know what I mean? Like, what would I do with that? You know? And that's where it's like those different things in there. So like, there's times I want to punch somebody in the face or choke somebody out. You know what I mean? Like it's in my head and I'm like, you motherfucker. Like I would literally like, you know, and a lot of times, like, especially with this situations, like I'm divorced twice. I have, you know, parents I go through, like a lot of times frustrate those frustrating parts are times where I'm like, and this rage comes up in me and I want to fucking blow up and just lose my shit. But that darkness also tells me to, Hey, yo, Clay, wake up. Like your kids are watching you. Like do what you said you were going to do. And don't, don't, don't not do, do not disrespect yourself, respect your kids and don't, do the things you said you were going to do. And that's my darkness talking to me. I didn't have that before I stepped into it. I do now. And that's why we keep our game plan. You know what I mean? And, and no matter what happens, things are going to happen, stuff like that. Shitty stuff's going to happen in our lives. But that shitty so using, stuff. So using your darkness as a guiding light as yeah, well. Really? So that's good. That's definitely good. The, the flip side of that, using yeah. it as, as a guiding light versus... Right. Uh, steering you deeper into darkness which That's is good. weird which is weird as hell for me because i'm like my darkness i used to hate but now it's actually my, my my it guides me a lot of the times because for, for me i use my darkness now as for empathy though yeah. like so how i turn it into like i realize that that person could be in a way dark place yeah. and what they're doing is not because they are trying to attack me or trying to do something purposely to me right they're not trying to offend me they're just in a place where they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So you know what? Yeah. I can respect that. I've been in dark places. Hey, I'm not going to fuck you up. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope life's going for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, really, that's how I look at it. Like, when people put my, like, like okay, great. you know what? I'm going to accept that you're just probably, I'm going to accept that you're most likely not doing this on purpose to me, right? It's part of, like, the four agreements. My man Toby said, I believe in the four agreements deeply, too, right? Don't take it personal. Don't make assumptions. So I'm not going to assume that you are personally doing this to me. I'm going to accept that. I'm going to accept that you have a dark place. Like I've been in a dark place and I'm going to let it go. Yeah. And I mean, so I view that darkness as an empathy thing now, yeah, you know, to help me realize like, Hey, who am I to judge? Yeah. That's super powerful, man. Dude, that's awesome. 
I don't, I, my brain's processing that right now, man. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. For sure. No, that was good stuff. Absolutely. 100%. And, and yes, the, the four agreements. Yeah. And, and, and those are, I'm glad that he always uses those and, and, and brings those up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A hundred percent. So a good reminder. Absolutely. And they, uh, so now we got to dig into those three, give us the three tips, Clay, to help you utilize your inner darkness to enhance your life. Yeah. And I think we talked about a lot of them here. We but did. The, I think the biggest three here is number one, let the dark energy push you and let the light energy pull you. And that way you have that constant flow back and forth where you don't go too dark and you don't go too light. You know what I mean? So you have that positive version and that negative version. You know, the, the extremes aren't, the extremes in anything aren't good. So where's that scale in between? So let the dark energy push you, let the light energy pull you. Number two, and don't let your pride and ego keep you in the darkness or stop you from actually dealing with the darkness. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff here tonight, but if we go back to it, pride and ego is a lot of the reasons why we did the shit we did. You know, my pride and my ego didn't let me talk about anxiety. Well, I did this shit to myself. I put myself in that personal hell. So don't let your pride and ego keep you in the darkness and don't let it stop you from actually dealing with the darkness. And number three, stepping into your darkness and dealing with it is the last hurdle to revealing and defining your purpose. If you don't step into that darkness, you don't know who you truly are. Because those things are a part of you and what you're trying to do is kick it out instead of actually pull it in and utilize it for good. You know, you, you have this vision, hey, here's who I want to be. Here's how I want to show up in the world as a man, as a husband, as a father, as in my career in the world. Here's who I am. This is me. And last step, and usually the hardest step, is to step into that darkness and take ownership of that. And so those are the three things. Like, Dark Can I give a quick example on that real yeah. quick? Yeah. Quick. A really great example of that is I used to hang out with a really bad crowd, right? And I, when I really went and asked myself why I was in that crowd, is because one of my core values in life is loyalty, mm. right? And the first people to show me love and the first people to be like, Sean, come hang out with us. Sean, come do what we do. We're the people who just happen to do bad things. And I wanted to be loyal to the people who were showing me love first, right? So diving into my darkness, wondering why diving in really found my true core values. Like I just, I yeah. really believe in loyalty. I'm a deep loyalty is a core value of mine, which is a great value in my opinion. Absolutely. So, you know, I dove into my darkness and I found the light out of that. Like being loyal is great. And that's why I did it. And that's okay. It also helped me deal with the darkness, right? Helping me be a little bit more okay. So I just want to throw yeah. that out there. That's, Dude, that's really shocking me when you said that. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome, dude. Cause I, I think it's totally true, you know, and, and that's so telling us stepping into that gave you on the, and I say this all the time on the other side of adversity is an extreme advantage. You just found that extreme advantage through the darkness and that yeah. extreme advantage was loyalty. And that's a powerful core to you that not is only for you, but what you teach in your family too. So yeah. Love it, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. We got what well, how many questions we got today, John? We got two questions over here. Oh, no. I, and and I like it because it goes back to our discussion from last week 
Correct. So cool, cool. And we got yeah, Sean here. So his perspective too. So go ahead. What was, what was the first Absolutely. one? Absolutely. And Sean did have some great insight into uh, our divorce discussions that we had last week as well. Um, and I think we actually even gave you kudos on that during the podcast last week. So yes, for sure. Um, so first one being, can you be touched by divorce and not learn lessons good or bad after you go through it? You absolutely learn shit through it. Yeah. Like there's no way that you cannot learn through it unless you were so closed off to it. You're like an unopened parachute and you just splat on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way you're not going to learn from going through that situation. Again, on the other side of adversity is an extreme advantage. But if you're only open to it, if you're not open to it, well, you're just going to be, you're just going to be pissed off. That's all you're going to get. So and quite honestly, I think with that question, I mean, you better learn something from everything. Yeah. You know I mean, you always got to be looking for a learning situation, whether it be good or bad, you Correct. better learn something, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, pay attention and, and learn something. And absolutely. yeah, but there's definitely, and there's lots of lessons, good and bad from divorce. Absolutely. What'd you so, take, Sean? Um, as someone who's not divorced and doesn't plan on getting divorced, um, but that comes from a divorced family, right? My parents are divorced. As you're going through it as a kid, you don't really think about it, right? Especially I was young. My parents got divorced when I was three. So like, I didn't have a memory of them being together and then being divorced, right? But I have lots of memories of my parents talking bad about each other. I have lots of my memories of my, hey, tell your mom this, tell your dad this. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of those memories. But during the time, I didn't know any better. So it didn't affect me then. But later in life, you learn real quick, like, man, right? And I look at the lessons as a good lesson for me personally, because um, as wild as it was, my mom has been married three more times. My dad's been married to one woman after that for 30 years now. Uh, I've learned just different lessons on how do you want to treat your wife? Who, what kind of person do you want to be in the relationship? You know, and, and what do you really want to bring to the table? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you don't learn a lesson from it, eventually you're just you. Yeah, you're not paying attention. I mean, yeah. something's wrong. <laughs> you'll continue you'll continue to get the lesson until you learn the lesson that's what i have figured uh, what, what, what do they say when the uh, student is ready the the teacher you know yeah, yeah. shows or whatever it is so that's, yeah, that's, that's what right. i found it, out it, 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 it's a good way or a bad way right <laughs> that's true yeah yeah you'd be like oh shit you know i think that's yeah, like oh you know we like, saw that one coming you know, I, I wish i would have learned this a long time ago you know those are the, those are the but the universe, oh, I, I've learned the universe will continue to give that lesson until you actually learn the lesson. And uh, yeah. again, you have to be open to the lesson. So, John, what's the second one? For sure. Uh, second question being, has divorce been hijacked by the legal community as a means of financial gain through division and competition for assets? Um, that's a big one, man, because it, and listen, that's, yeah, you're it, Department more than than most i mean yeah I, man i mean when when listening to that it it's like a flashback for me man you know i i paid two thousand dollars in child support for a long time and lived on 972 dollars a month to support my kids um and it's like you know, chicken patties man chicken patties and those frozen ass pizzas. You know, we had a lot of it, hot dogs, mac and cheese, pop tarts, you know, like that's all I can fucking afford, you know, you yeah. know, and that's like, so yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, I think in here 
when it comes to that legal system, when it comes to divorcing and especially child, like divorce itself, no kids, you're fighting over the assets. You know, lots of times there, those are the things that come. Okay. It's a pain in the ass already, but you, then you throw kids in there. Now you have custody, you have child support, you have the assets that you have to go through. So it's a bigger game and it's not, not a game. It's not a game at all. It's a bigger, it's a bigger scenario to go through because there's all these things. And like when I was got divorced, my, both my kids were one when I got divorced from their, from their mom. So when Kale was one, I divorced from his mom and Callie was like four or five, five, yeah, five or six. So like they were young. Like, so we have 17 and 12 years left, you know, until they're 18 and can kind of go out on their own. So you have to think about long-term. And I think one of the things that is a huge deterrent for men, and I, I think it's sad, but I think it's one of the reasons why men don't fight enough for their kids is because like my lawyer bills, it was $60 to send a fucking email. Like, and they're, you know, it just go way up, way up, way up. And I'm like, how do like, how am I going to fight for my, I was literally 972. How the fuck am I going to pay for it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how am I going to fight for my kids? But in the end, I just, I was, whatever it was going to take, that's where my darkness came into play. It was whatever it was going to take. I like, I'm the, I'm the father. I have rights too. And I, I deserve to have 50, 50 custody of my kids Period. I don't give a shit how much I got to spend. Like I'll go into debt for the rest of my life just to make sure that I get that time with my kids to influence my kids to have with that, to share with that, you know, and, and I, that was that important. But I think a lot of guys, they get into that situation and lawyers look at it like, oh, I can make them a lot of money because divorce is, is more now, you know, it happens more often. They could financially benefit from it. And, you know, guys at the same time are like, dude, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, though, too, I mean, and <coughs> I, I definitely see that. And that, I mean, and of course, you know, that's what lawyers get paid for it is to to continue those arguments and to drag it out and da, 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 da and make, you know, maybe people go back and, and listen to the art of the argument and maybe shorten that a little bit, get better at that. Yes. <laughs> but no, I think overall, I think, yeah, there, I think it's, I think it's taken advantage of, you know what I mean? I think people are getting taken advantage of in that situation yeah, on Somebody, both sides. And I'm not just talking, yeah. I mean, we're, we're men's here, but there's times where women get taken advantage of too, you know, in that system. And there's times that men, absolutely, it's, it's, it's a broken system that needs revamped. Um, it's an old system. It's a broken system that needs looked at again. So it gives both parties, uh, uh um, recognition, respect and, and, um, equality in those different pieces when that's available, you know, and, and other times, well, some people just leave and some people, then there's no equality to me. That goes back to that darkness of like, nah, fuck it. You don't get anything. Like, you know, if you want to leave it cut out, you know, but those different times, you know, there has to be that respect. And I don't think there's that respect there. It's, it's more of a one-sided show. And um, I think it just needs revamped. So, Sean, your take on that? Um, you know, I, it's tough to say. I, I don't want to like call out either one of my parents. So I won't talk too much about my personal experience on this one. Um, but I will say from somebody who has lots of friends who are divorced and a handful of friends who... Um, have kids who have never been married, right? They, but they have kids with other 
other people. Um, I think nowadays with today's wild world and marriage not being as popular and uh, divorce literally being what 50% nowadays and just with social media as whole as a whole, I'm hoping and I kind of am maybe I just look for it. So I see a little bit more often that co-parenting and being a good co-parent is becoming more popular. Yeah. You know, I think people are starting to understand the concept. The only people who are getting hurt here are not only our pocketbooks, but our kids, right? Like the kids are the ones who are like struggling here. And let's be honest, a lot of us are come from divorced parents now, right? Like, so like I come from divorced parents, so I I don't want my kids to go through that. Or, you know, I also have a handful of friends who their parents stayed together bare minimum until they were 18, right? Just to make sure the kids didn't have a divorced household. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of transitioning. But do I think the system is effed up? And I do I think the system is oh, dude, absolutely. (laughs) It's a money grab for the for the judicial system. You know, I mean, there's a weird thing I have still that marriage as a whole is still kind of a weird random thing that we just we pay the government money to make sure that I can, you know, tell everybody I love this one only and I'm not gonna use anybody else. I always thought that was so it's still a weird thing. Yeah, you know, I, I have I got friends who've been together for 15 years, never been married, don't plan on getting married, have three kids, and they love their life. You know, she doesn't even use her last name. She's just like, no, that's not my name. And he doesn't care. He's like, I don't give a shit. As long as you're not sleeping with anybody else and she treats my kids good. I, and she, you know, and she cooks me meals and pays her half of the bills. You know, he's like, I love her. I don't give a crap. I don't give a, you know, we don't, I don't Absolutely. tell anybody we're married. I don't give a crap. That's who I'm with. Yep. So it's a weird thing as a whole, you know, you look at the big, big, big picture. Um, but I think the system is jacked. To be honest with you, I said I wasn't going to stay up, but like, dude, my mom took, my mom had my dad, my dad paid more money just for me when my brother turned 18 than he did for the entire time that it was my brother and me together. Right. So the court system's weird. It's, yeah. it's effed up. My mom took him to court and was like, oh, now you paid more money. And he's like, Hang on a second. I'm supposed to stop paying for my older son because now he's living on his own, doing his own thing. And I still, and my dad was still helping him pay for college and paying for his, you know, I mean, so another effed up thing. That's the other thing with child support. Like they pay child support, but it's not like the dad doesn't also still buy the kids food, also still buy school clothes, also still take care of the kids. Yep. So it's it's definitely anti-husband, man, dad. It's it's an effed up situation. Yeah. I don't really see it. It's a hard part. I don't know. How do you see a change, right? Yeah. Unless society as a whole, like I said, like unless people can really, hey, let's not bring lawyers into this. Hey, let's realize our kids will be, you know, the one. One of the best rules, I was the bartender forever in the restaurant industry, right? I had one of my regulars divorced forever. He said the best rule he ever, him and his wife ever made was we will never talk negative about the other person in front of our kids. You know, you want to talk to your friends, talk shit about me all day. You want to yell at me on the phone, just you and me, yell all day. But in front of the kids, I'm a good dad. You're a good mom. I'm a good person. You're a good person. And, you know, I talked to one of his daughters and she was like, oh, yeah, we never knew that they hated each other. We always thought they just loved each other forever and just didn't want to be married. But, you know, we didn't find out until we were like 30 that they actually hate each other. (laughs) And I was like, man, that's awesome. Because I know my parents hate each other since I was like 10. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and i totally agree man it, that that system is just the, the system has to change how is it going to change you know we uh, it, it comes back to like people you know we got to change those different things in there too so 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that and, and being able to have that because I think that that discussion is an ongoing discussion always because there's so many facets to it and being able to answer these two questions here tonight uh, on the podcast for the people who listened last week too and on to this uh, is a good thing because people do feel those things. They feel those stresses, um, you know, in, in, in those different pieces of legal, financial, all those different aspects. So guys, listen, man, I, Sean, appreciate you being here tonight, brother. Absolutely, and, uh, Sean. Thank you. John, always a pleasure. I appreciate the hell out of both of you. Guys, if you're listening right now and you found value in this, we ask you to do three things. One, download episode episode for future use. Number two, subscribe, review, rate, rank. I don't know if there's a rank in there, but if it's rank, if there's a rank in there, I just threw that in there, put it at number one, baby. And uh, to hear it weekly, uh, when you subscribe, you get these notifications. And number three, if you got something out of this here today about the in, inner darkness, uh, share this episode with just one other man that you know is going to be able to use this message. And just to recap real quick, one, let the dark energy push you, let the light energy pull you. Number two, don't let your pride and ego keep you in the darkness and stop you from actually dealing with the darkness. Number three, step into your darkness and dealing with it is the last hurdle to revealing and defining your purpose and having that freedom of self. Guys, if you want some uh, the action cycle, go to buildbattlebond.com. It's on there. Check out some of our different programs. And if you're interested in the brotherhood, go to purposeinfusedbrotherhood.com. Find out what we're all about. Join in. You get three to 30 days for free. Check it out. That gives you four sessions. You can join in. If you, if, well, not if, I know you're going to get value out of that. And then the brotherhood membership. But if not, hey, you get your money back. You don't need, well, you actually don't even get charged. But guys, purposeinfusedbrotherhood.com. Go to that. Appreciate you. Sean, thank you, brother. Love you, man. John, thank you, brother. Love you, man. Peace out, fellas. Have a great night. See you guys.